What's up, everybody? It is Caden. We are back with another episode of the Gaming Unleashed podcast. I just completely forgot to find out what episode we're on, so whatever episodes and numbers and the titles, what we're going to go with. With me, as always, is Brandon, and we have a nice little guest here with us in the form of Ark. Good to have you back, Ark. Thanks for having me. So, what have you gentlemen been up to this past week, gaming-wise? Uh, let's go ahead and start with you, Ark. Um, haven't had much time to play games this week. Work has kind of been uh, um, hectic, but today I've just been playing Ori and the Blind Forest for about the past six hours, so... <laughs> kind of relaxing that way from a stressful week. I forgot how much I really loved Metroidvania-style games. Yeah. Kind of I mean, makes me excited for, um, uh, what's it called? Indivisible coming out in sometime next year, I think. Yeah. I guess, like, they've been one of those pleasures that I had. Like, I never really thought about them. Like I never really recognized them as one of my favorites, but to me they're mm-hmm. they're they're just a nice little like you said wind down game, especially like Ori. That's something that you can just chill and sink into for a while. Yeah, I've been ignoring the story, and I've just been as I get new power ups. I'm like, where can I go that I haven't been before? And just I'm pretty overpowered right now, but I just <laughs> kind of like, hey, new areas open up, and I can explore. You know. Link and here I'll find all your chickens. Meanwhile, Princess Zelda's been waiting a hundred years for you to come back. But. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a fun game, and I'm I'm gonna be looking forward to the the new Ori, which the actual name of it escapes me, but it uh, I was excited for like it. That? Yeah, that sounds right. Will of the Wisps, and uh, I was excited for it when I saw it in E3. So I'm um, I'm definitely gonna be looking forward to it whenever it does come out. But what have you been up to, Brandon? Um, I've played some Albion, of course. You know, I got a personal island, so I've been upgrading that and doing a lot of farming. And honestly, I have spent more time getting games to work on Linux than I have spent playing the games. <laughs> um, but, you know, that happens when you mess with a distribution that is new and there aren't many supporting packages out yet. But, yeah, basically just Albion. I'm waiting for my next MMO to come out. I'm hoping that I'll be able to be uh, play it come December, Ashes of Creation. Yeah. So that'll be my next time sync. I'm kind of just, you know, going through games pretty lazily until that comes out but yeah not really much going on with me either busy with work and everything i gotcha well in my neck of the woods i've been playing a little minecraft and unturned here and there Uh, i've been really busy trying to get everything sorted out for school so just like everybody here it seems as though we haven't really had much time to do much gaming recently but I've just been messing around and relaxing every now and again, checking and see how Dakota's unturned server is, and uh, I'm I'm trying to learn how to mod Minecraft, so that's mostly what I've been doing in Minecraft is seeing how the mod reacts and just getting the environment set up because I'm trying to learn the basics here. So, Has uh, anything broken beautifully and or not beautifully? I haven't reached the point of that yet. Like I'm just now getting my environment set up, and I haven't really de- uh, started... Uh, designing items or anything yet i expect the first thing i i create to just go down on a ball of flames like my computer just bursts into flames beside me uh after after i get everything going but so what have you actually done i I set up the environment and that's it (laughs) yeah that's it that's it hey that's a start you know that's a great start actually because like i've been on top of that, I'm also learning just like web dev code and shit like that because I'm trying to I'm trying to learn PHP and everything as well as I have a I have a few more. I'm so parts. sorry for you. Well, yeah, 
uh, I've heard that <laughs> a lot. <laughs> but I like I I have a few more parts in the course that I'm taking right now because I'm I'm trying to do this to where I can freelance here and there for a little extra cash. That way I can get like some little fun games here and there on Steam. But it's 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 been uh, I've hit a stopping point on PHP where. I, I just can't seem to get stuff to communicate right. But anyways, that's just jargon, and I don't want to bore everybody with it because I already had a conversation with my brother about it at length trying to figure out what the hell is wrong with my code. <laughs> so yeah, I got gotcha. you. But anyways, moving in to our first topic of the day, we have a game that has been 20 years in the making, Grimoire, Heralds of the Winged Exemplar, and it's just face planted everybody has been so underwhelmed by it that it's it's funny that he did uh, i understand that this is a, a one dev project but still at least try to keep up with the times as they as they move on because everybody's saying that it's outdated on the menus and everything like that so i mean i mean i understand where they came from with the uh, the entire UI, because it is based off of an old RPG, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, this game has been pushed back for years. Mm-hmm. It has been just completely thrown around. They had an Indiegogo campaign that failed, that raised over $11,000, um, or around about there, but it, it still failed. And he stated that it would be released in May of 2013, with or without the passing of the Indiegogo, it is now 2017, August 2017, and it just came out. So that's just kind of a face, but hey, at least it came out. Yeah, I mean, he pushed through it, and well, I guess we'll see just how much more he's willing to push out and see if he'll do any updates to the game to sort of appeal those who were waiting for it and really hyped for it. But um, I'm just not sure how much we can expect because like like I mentioned, this is a a one dev team and we've seen games like this where is like cube world and such as that where we expect it to do big things and then just sort of, you know what I mean? Yeah. I see like I've been reading some of the um, complaints and it seems like a lot of people are having trouble playing the game it's not even about like the ui or like i guess the aesthetic is what you're going for for an older game i kind of like it but I, like before we get more any more patches about like i don't know maybe adding content or fixing content i feel like the game to work first before you get into any of that yeah which I assume that's going to be, if he does start rolling out patches, it's going to be fixing the playability of the game. Because as one of the problems is here, you can't you can't have the game crashing when you try to get into an inventory. That's just something that should have been fixed and already handled during the development yeah. period of the game. So. Oh, for sure. I mean that that's something that. He should have been having people play this and play test it. Like, even if it's only a handful of people that have been following it for two decades, you know, <laughs> just to get some other input. It just, I don't know. It's kind of, it's embarrassing, I think, more than anything. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we'll see how he does, considering this is a one-man team, but uh, uh, I'm assuming people are going to sort of try and push this back into the depths of their memory and try and forget about it because they waited so long and then it ended up being a failure. Obviously, you'll have those hardcore fans that are going to try and support it, but we'll, we'll see what happens with it. So moving, moving on with games that had a unusually long development period, Final Fantasy XV is doing some closed beta testing for its online, uh, the multiplayer DLC. Final Fantasy XV DLC Comrades. It seems as though it will be coming out. I can't remember the exact date, but it's 
within a near enough future that you, you can actually see it coming and it's not going to be another half-life but still vaporware <laughs> <laughs> dang it but anyways just seeing as how i i've been i i love this game I watched a full playthrough of it because I, I didn't have the funds to get it whenever it first came out, and it's I just absolutely fell in love with the game, the way it's played, the characters in it. It's just, to me, it was very moving and easily for... The, it was easy to get attached to everybody in the story. <clears throat> so I'm excited to see that they have something like this to where you can even add more intimacy into the game because you can start playing with your friends at this point now. Uh, obviously, you you can have it to where you can make your own character because that's just part of this DLC. But you can also get it to where you are playing as Noctis or Prompto, Gladio, so on and so forth. You can actually play as those characters, and I can imagine going through those missions with your friends would as the the little crew. And like if you had like a little crew that was as tightly knit as them, that would be just something that would be massively fun that you could just dive into and do all kinds of missions with. So I'm, I'm excited. It's sad. It's sad to say that they have server problems because I, I want to see this develop very well, but it seems as though they're going to try and get this cleared out and get some more testing on the way for next week. So, uh, well, like what do, what do y'all think about this, uh, DLC that's going to be coming up? I mean, I should personally finish the game. <laughs> I have been wanting to. It's just I had some issues with uh, my my controller, and I kind of just pushed it off to the the back burner. But I will definitely pick the DLC up and play no matter what because the, I just I love the game. Yeah. Um, only played until I don't. I'm not sure quite in the story where. It, I got to. I think it was. It was very early. I think the. The um, like the empire or whatever got attacked, at first. Okay. And that's when, like, I guess they put out on the news that Noctis was dead, but he's not. But whatever. Okay. Yeah. It got to yet. that point, in the game. Um, I was playing on my friend's uh, Xbox. Okay. But um. I don't really know how I feel about Final Fantasy 15. Like, I want to like it because I like Final Fantasy, but it just feels slightly off, and not necessarily in a bad way. Like, it just feels so different, and I didn't have enough time with it to fully get into it. I'm kind of left out in limbo that I don't have the means to play it. Yeah. Um, But it seems like for... um. Final Fantasy having a multiplayer aspect to it. Well, it doesn't take away from the story for me. It just seems like I play Final Fantasy for the characters, for the story. And I would like to play, and I also like, that isn't to say that I don't like to play games with friends because I absolutely love to do that. But it just seems weird introducing multiplayer into a game series that I like for the story and the characters. Because anytime yeah. you start introducing like player-made characters into the story, things kind of get slightly weird. See, um, I, I don't think it, they're actually trying to inject it into the story. Like, I think this is a separate set of missions that you can do. Like, I think the story is going to be you have these characters and... It, it's going to be single player. Like I think the main game is still single player, and it mm -hmm. doesn't have the accessibility to uh, bring characters into the main game. But I, I could be wrong. I mean, I could um, be as well. I I thought that this was sort of a um, well, at least for like your own player made characters, I thought it'd be more of a separate thing. But when you were saying like, if you can play as Gladio Prompto. Ignis and Noctis all together. Um, then with friends, like, 
I like I would still feel weird for me, but it would still be an enjoyable experience. Yeah, I'd be conflicted about it, but um, but I'd be happily conflicted about it if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I guess the reason why it doesn't affect me as much is because this is my first Final Fantasy game. You know, because like I, I never played any of the old games. My my brother my brother did, but I I never got into them. It's just never really been something I I, I paid attention to. Because whenever mm-hmm. the older Final Fantasy games were in their prime, it's just the fact that I I was stuck playing Pokemon Red and Silver and shit like that. Because I that's that's what I was into at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just something I never really paid attention to. So this seeing as how this is the first experience I've had is to me it's just something that helps build the game. So I mean it could work. Like once again I haven't gotten very far into the game and I don't know that much about it as a whole. I've tried been trying not to spoil myself, but yeah. I might just go ahead and watch a let's play. Just because I, I just want to know what it's like. But um my opinion doesn't really count for much because of that. I mean, the way I saw the game and just from a viewer's perspective, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I said, the thir- the the story was very engaging for me. Like at the end I teared up. I don't want to spoil anything for you cuz you you said you're trying to stay in the dark about it. But like to me it was very easy to connect with everything that was going on in the story. So, as well as the gameplay, it looked like it was easy to handle the combat. It sort of punished button mashing. So, you actually had to sort of think about the way you were doing things in the combat, especially if you were fighting a a higher-leveled foe and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. So, it's just just a game that I've really enjoyed. So, I mean, do do you have much to say about it, Junk? I mean, not really. I mean, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to definitely play it <laughs> as soon as it comes out. But besides where it stands and everything, I am I would hope that they're going to keep it just on a going back a little bit. I'm going to hope that they keep it separate from the main story. Yeah. Just because that would just kind of be lame to be able to play through the main story again. But with your own friends as bad as that sounds yeah but yeah other than that not really too much well moving on to things that are a little bit irksome the most recent splatfest that is going on that is a uh, in japan if i'm not mistaken is that right art well the splatfest in japan has already ended okay um, the us one is still ongoing okay well this Splatfest is between ketchup and mayo, and you can already tell what I'm thinking here. It's just it's just wrong in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> why why do this? <laughs> why you do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't uh <laughs> That's all, that's all that, I have to say about this topic right here is why you do this. <laughs> it, it's a child's game, man. What are you what are you what are you going on over here? Well, just because it's a child's game doesn't mean anything. You, you have you seen some of the art people have turned yeah. out with using child's uh, game, children's I game. I try, I try to stay off the internet as much as possible. <laughs> uh, I Anyways. mean, I understand where they're coming from, but still questionable. Well, other than that, has there been any? things that have accompanied this Splatfest as uh, update wise with the game or is it just what we what we have had and uh, what it's been playing like in your opinion art um i mean i expected mayonnaise to win in japan um it did i'm thinking chip is going to win here in the u.s but i could be wrong i haven't actually seen the stats um but from friends that I talk to and from just some light reading here and there, it seems like most people are going to go for ketchup to me. Now, I have obviously in Splatoon 1 that they weren't as... Some of them were, 
really one-sided in the in the actual Splatfest where everybody was on this one team and you had like three players on the other team. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm not mistaken, having the Splatfest that we've had so far in Splatoon 2 always really just been one-sided wherever they are. Like mm-hmm. I know in the I know in the US the the cake and ice cream was super one-sided. Um, I actually didn't look at Japan's like stats on that because I know it was something like 70 some percent here with for ice cream. Most of the people at Nintendo themselves, well, Nintendo of America, at least the profile ones like Reggie and Bill were ice cream. Um, and they were tweeting about it. So I feel like that's made things as well. Um, but I haven't seen, it wasn't super one-sided um, in Japan for mayo versus ketchup, actually. Um, it was two to one, I think. And even looking at the percentages, um, like the percentages were pretty close. Like the first one was 56 to 44. Second one was 51 to 49, both in Mayo's favor, and the last one was 49 to 51. Yeah. So it was really close. But I haven't looked at it for the cake and ice cream one in Japan, and I'm curious to see what's going to happen here, but I feel like ketchup's going to win. That's just my personal feeling. Okay. Well, I've I've said my piece on that, so I'm just going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah that questionable yes but i'm over it all right well moving on to in my opinion one of the bigger topics of this podcast is what's going on with destiny 2 and what bungie's going to be doing with their cheap prevention as well as how it's stacking up in sales to destiny 1 so as I've been reading and such, it seems as though right now the cheap prevention is going to be a little screwy for those of us who use the Discord overlay or just want to stream it out in general uh, because the cheap prevention is trying to basically lock out anything that happens during the startup of a game or just in the loading screens and such whenever it's trying to get everything going. So it the creators have mentioned that stuff like benchmarking and such that shows FPS and everything like that is going to be a little screwy and could cause the game to say, no, you're trying to do something wrong here. How do you think the crowd is going to react to this and how strict they're being with this? Either of you. <laughs> I I think that they're going to have to change a lot of things up, especially with Discord. Well, any overlay for gaming-centric programs. Because there are very few computers out there that are going to be playing this game that don't have Discord. Yeah. That doesn't have even, you know other programs out there like um i don't even remember what the one's called it's a wolf or something you know team speak stuff like that yeah you're also going to think how many people are going to be streaming this game at least at first yeah like are they going to have to plug a capture card to capture the video coming out of their computer they're basically going to be forced to use a stream computer. That's the way that they've been suggesting such far. Like Bungie's actually saying your best bet right now is to use a capture card. And, uh, and your best bet is to fix your shit. So I don't have to, (laughs) I should not have to go out of my way to buy other peripherals because you have implemented a flawed system. That would be, let me kill your dog, but you're going to still pay me for the bullet that I just used to shoot your dog. You know what I mean? That's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. 
but I might be biased because I don't like Destiny. Yeah. What What were you gonna say, Art? I'm just wondering, like, how hard would it be to like work with, say, Discord or like XSplit or so, like just those particular programs? Because I don't think. Well, then again, I don't. I'm gonna show my ignorance on how scripting and cheating and all that works. I don't think you would inject game code through those programs. Maybe you could, but like making exceptions for popular sorts of streaming and or team speaking applications would make sense to me at least. I guess like the only reason why they are just sort of blanketing it is because I just I, I guess hackers can maybe find a way to disguise their code to uh, look yeah. like like OBS's code or Discord's code, and then after it's done, it sheds that shell and then starts enacting the scripts. Mm-hmm. See, that's what I was saying. Like, I don't know how it works exactly, and maybe that's why it's not that simple. Um, but it still seems to me that, like, if you're a game company, you know that people are going to be using these programs along with your game. So, especially like streamers basically giving you free advertising yeah so like why would you not work not work with them like it just doesn't make sense to me i guess they're just trying to they're being very leery as this is the first time that this series has ended up on pc and they want to just really protect it and they're trying to give it this perfect air perfect launch because they want to try and make make up for what they did in destiny one which like and i guess sort of in my opinion like junk said they're sort of screwing with people by doing this so it it'll put a damper on things but still i guess whatever it takes to prevent something like that from happening Mm. maybe they'll loosen up after a while I see that happening too because eventually eventually there's going to be enough complaints about people's game crashing because they're trying to get into Discord when they're trying to do uh, Crucible runs and they can't chat with their team because Destiny keeps crashing out because the because Discord won't uh, let it won't let it do its thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like you said I, I think they'll probably have to yeah well staying in destiny's ballpark it's looking as though pre-orders are doing very well as well as dlc is going to be very important main game wise now before we started recording anything for the podcast i already made known that i was not happy (laughs) that the dlc was going to be that important to the main game because i i just didn't want that to happen because that's for people like me who are short on cash is the fact that if i get a game and i want to play all the way through the game i don't want to have to rely on dlc to get the full experience because in my i guess just in my view i see dlc as additions to the game it's not supposed to affect main game but that that that's just the way i see it just look at it it's called downloadable content not downloadable additions so it's it's like a it's like a gray area you know yeah i mean i personally believe that a game shipped should be complete yeah. Now, I'm not one of those that go and say, day one DLC is the devil. There should not be files that are unlocked on my game disc. If it shipped with it, it should be in the game. Because there is an argument with that where, yes, you're right, it should be. But it's not. And it's a way for your game, your game company that you want to support that made the game that you enjoy to keep making income. Yeah. After they ship this game, 
And that's the way I see it. You should want to support them. Now, if they're going and, <laughs> you know, selling armor for horses or something like, you know, ludicrous, like no other company that's really big out there would ever do. Um, that's, that's a little bit different, but, um, but yeah, I mean, DLC, DLC. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> Next, next. What, what, what are we gonna have on games? You gotta pay another fifteen ninety nine to um, unlock voiceovers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, no. In all reality, it's um, DLCs are a necessary evil, in my opinion, for a game company to be able to make more money after yeah. they produce it because games are not cheap, and having oh, yeah. people on the payroll after a game's released so that they can make another game, it it's not as fun in games as most people that play games realize the gaming design world, you know, the entire economy of games is constantly shifting. You have employees that aren't even hired for these companies that are only working freelance. So once this game's done, they're done. And DLC keeps that going. I guess like just the argument that I have bringing in a game that we talked about earlier with Final Fantasy 15. If I had to pay money to get the last eight chapters of Final Fantasy 15, I'd be pissed. You understand? Okay. I, no, I understand that. That's that's like a paywall, which you know some MMOs have been having here lately, where you can't progress. That that's pay to progress, and and that's you know that right there is not right. I guess that's just what I'm worried about because like. They had stuff like that where they'd have it. You had the main game, and then they released an expansion where you did more to progress the story in Destiny One. Which, what little story there was, from my understanding, most most of the Destiny One that I watched was all PvP and everything like that, or raids. So it, it I'm just worried that they're gonna have something like that where to get further in the story like to get more immersed with everything you're gonna have to pay for it and that's just something i'm worried about now another thing that i want to talk about on this topic is uh what i mentioned towards the beginning is that pre-orders for destiny 2 are very high why do you think that is considering how destiny 1 turned out do you think people were just so hyped from the beta that they're like actually you know this game i already can tell it's going to be better or are they just trying to put faith into it They could very well just be trying to put faith into it, but Destiny was a huge game. It was a lot larger than most people are willing to admit. It lacked in a lot of places. I mean, I personally played it for a little bit. Um, you know, I maxed out all the content that was available at the time. That was a DLC in or so before I actually kind of quit because I got it a little bit later into it. But even here now, there are still people playing it religiously yeah and i feel like it's gonna keep building i until the game is released they're gonna keep getting pre-orders because it does look decent and you also gotta remember the dlc um issue will kind of be overlooked especially for pc players that didn't get the chance to play destiny one if they didn't have a console and now that Mm -hmm. it is coming out on Battle.net, which I don't agree with, but hey, whatever. Um, <laughs> it, it gives an entire new audience the ability to experience a game that people were hyped for, that people still ask for a port on forums. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Because, like, Mario Kart 8, really good game really good-looking game, really fun game. But it was on the Wii U, which a lot of people wanted to skip over. Now that it's on the Switch, it was wildly popular because people actually want the Switch. So I can see where you're coming from with, hey, it's on a console, or rather not console, that... Platform. um, Yes, there we go. (laughs) It's on a platform that people have access to. A lot of people prefer to play games on and they heard good things about it so they want to opt in i personally wouldn't just because i'm wary of pre-ordering games and then you get 
a game that's half finished and it's like hey there's dlc aka we we finished the game but we want to make you pay for the finished part that should be in the game but i mean if if you know that you want this game and you know this company and you trust them then go for it yeah i mean i guess i'll sort of see i Whenever I was first talking about Destiny 2, I was super hyped. But now that this is, now that I'm seeing what he's going to be doing with this, I'm I'm starting to get a little leery of it, and I'll I'll probably watch it and see how it does, uh, just to you know feel for it and see if it'll actually be something that I do want, or if I'll just continue watching it for the Crucible gameplay, like with Hutch and such. So, yeah. With most games that are coming out that we've sort of been spec, my English is hurting me today. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Anyways, that we've sort of been watching. We'll 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 see where it goes. So, moving on with some more games. This one going to be coming out in 2018. It is named Seed. Now, if I'm not mistaken, it is an MMORPG, but it is not like most, as in, in that it is a sim MMORPG. Now, apparently there have been other games like this that you, you said that you liked junk, as in, was it RimWorld? Yeah, it's not an MMORPG, but it's kind of like the same um, premise. It's Think of it as like the sims um, to an extreme you have a lot of micromanagement that you have to do because in this game, you don't control your players, your player character directly. Uh, you actually control it indirectly. You think of it like godlike in a way. You kind of yeah. express your wants and, and kind of give your your people an idea of the tasks and what need to be done, and then they kind of do them in a particular priority i'm we don't really know yet if you can set you know okay i want cooking as a top priority for this person cleaning as a top priority for this person you know type thing mm -hmm. uh, but it looks fantastic i love the art style it's very minimalistic but at the same time it works really well you can make communities you know, with your real life friends and without real life friends, um, you know, just NPCs in the game, it seems like. I yeah. believe it's also going to be online 24 7. So your characters will sleep, they will eat, they will cook, they will cut trees, you know, even without your direct intervention. Which that's something that I am incredibly excited for because that's you don't really see that a lot. Like if there are certain servers that are like you have a U.S. server or a, a Japanese server, so on and so forth. It there there are time there are time of days when it's more popular than others. With this, it's going to be running all the time, and you sort of have to worry about planning like you actually have to plan ahead for things to make sure that they do have enough food they do have enough shelter heat and exactly all and and another thing to add on top is you decide how the community runs i mean you basically start a political system from the ground up do you want to run it as a dictatorship or um you know not a dictator a monarchy um or a democracy, you know, you get to kind of work with it how you want uh, in regards to diplomacy, trading, things like that. You have to work with everyone else. It also has taken a spin from like Evil Online and Albion Online with the player-driven economies where everything that is bought and sold will be either player-created or player-maintained. So nothing just happens without having been put into it you know you yeah. kind of get what you get whatever you put in is what you get out see um like 
I really like the concept of this game. I'm just wondering how in depth the planning and management has to be, because like I've read where it's like, hey, you don't give your guy a bed, then like he doesn't go to sleep, and if he doesn't go to sleep, he probably won't go to work the next day. If he doesn't go to work the next day, they're gonna be short staffed. That's gonna affect everyone at the restaurant, whether it's management or the people at the restaurant. That sort of deal. This example that I've read. So I'm wondering how how micromanaging can you get, and how clear is it that whatever choices you make, their consequences, and or how or easy is it look to say overlook something? Yeah, and if, if it's overlook something, it could have massive consequences down the line. But at the same time, yeah. you want to have so many like levers and, and tuning points that you can't enjoy the game because you're too busy flipping switches. Well, I will say that they in in one of the articles it definitely brought up the butterfly effect, you know, mm-hmm. which definitely makes sense and exactly what you were saying, Ark, you know. You could overlook one tiny little thing and it could just cause a ripple and, you know, escalate to a point where an entire community is just devastating. That could be part of the fun to see how that plays out. You have not played uh RimWorld or, you know, um Oxygen Not Included is a new one like that. Um Dwarf Fortress, anything like that, I'm assuming. It's oh, I haven't. very similar in the sense that when you work from what I'm what I've read and what I've seen in in screenshots and things like that, you have to keep up the mood of your yeah person you know that means you have to provide them with things to enjoy like use RimWorld as an example if you don't have things for them to do to have fun you know their mental state will eventually break and they can go on a rampage they can become depressed they can get sick you know mm-hmm. you have to manage a lot and that's why I personally am really excited because that is my type of game yeah. um something where I have to constantly be worried about something. And it's not always, oh, did my house just burn down? Or, oh, this animal is going to kill me. I have to, like, maintain the the mental stability of my people. And then you toss that into a blender with people from real life. And we all know how toxic people get on the internet so this is talking about (laughs) this is going to be a really good example when you toss a bunch of people into a virtual simulation with religion politics and survival in a video game where one person can't progress without everybody else in that community also progressing and one person holding back from what it seems can really just mess everything up and yeah, halt. That just sounds like a personal nightmare of mine. <laughs> I mean, I guess on that note is the fact that what kind of learning curve do you think they'll in, instill in this? That way you don't get a new player that just completely screws the entire economy and just community whenever they're trying to learn the game. This is their first time booting up, ever playing a game like this. Like, do you think they'll make it a little easier in some way, or is like, how do you, how do y'all think they'll handle this? I think that they're just going to toss you in, because the way that this is looking, it's a post-apocalyptic type deal. You know what I mean? You're here. How you got here is not important. Everything known as structure is gone. Yeah. So. Just like in real life, if all of us met up outside, you know, you might have certain strengths, you know, you might, and then Ark might know nothing, but that doesn't stop you from teaching Ark how to produce arrowheads, you know what I mean? Or or how to chop something down. So that's where the whole thing of being thrown into the mix is going to really help out. You're going to have to help everyone out. You cannot afford to be a dick you know yeah you got to sit down and you that that wasn't an option like with how much freedom it sounds like you have in this game like why not ostracize certain people 
because they are other like if we're going to bring the whole human dimension into it say someone does something that you don't like and or you're just frustrated with new people you can just be like hey screw that like and or it just kind of becomes this like exclusive club thing like it could easily become that it could also if you look at how ants work it's going to be kind of a weird example but um when ants to play this game like ants are a colony you know they all communicate with one another but they're all individuals where everybody will follow a single path you know they constantly go back and forth but then you have one that strays off the path and finds an insect it has to now go back and convince the others to go here you know because there's food over here yeah and all they have to do is convince one then that means another one can convince another one and then you have a whole path and soon everybody's going over there because of food but then you have some that never get anywhere and i think that's what's going to happen in this game is you're going to start off you're going to have a colony in the mountains you know what i mean you're going to be selling stone because that is like limestone and granite are your main resources where you're at you're going to have a colony but Ark over here says, no, I don't like how Caden is running this. I think we would be better if we went and, and messed with wood, you know, sold cedar. So he can go and he can rally people and pull them away, you know, because or Caden or starts getting exclusive or, or it starts turning to a dictatorship. And I want more of a democracy. I feel like you have the ability to just split off. And do your own thing. You know, you yeah. start your own colony. And if you fail, then it's on you. I think that... Because I, I was going to ask... You were talking about making things exclusive. But even then, we still had that butterfly effect. And how... If they had people who got on specifically to troll a colony and bring it down. If they have something like that, that sounds like it'd be a good way to deal with those trolls. Just to sort of send them off and say, go be your little troll self over here. And we'll just cut our losses with that part of the colony. Exactly. And that's where a democracy would come into effect. If you had a democracy in your community, you would be able to have the community themselves decide. Say, hey, no, we don't want Toby here. Toby doesn't pull his weight. <laughs> uh, we're going to, you know the what I mean? salt is real. <laughs> well, I just, I, I've been using you two as an example, so... Um, but you know what I mean? Like we could just come together as a union and just say, no, you need to go and do your own thing. We do not need that here. And I think that would work out really well, but you know how people are. Yeah. This game could fail instantly because <laughs> you could just have people that create alts to come in and just, you know, completely ruin it. Yeah. I'm ready to see how it plays out. So am I. I'm definitely ready. Uh, it seems as though it's going to be coming out on the PC sometime in 2018. We don't have a earlier, late date on this, so we'll we'll be watching it. I know I'm going to put it on my games to watch list that I, mm -hmm. I want to see do well. I want to see how they're going to act as soon as they are released. Because it, like it definitely looks it. very exciting. What do you say, Art? I said I like the idea of it. I'm not quite sure how the execution is going to play out or if I would personally enjoy it, but I do enjoy the idea of it. Yeah. You should you should pick up a room world sometime and just play it. It's not exactly the same, but you're you'll get an idea of, of managing, you know, colonies. It's a lot of fun. But you know with another game just on a random thing with a unique art style. Rhyme, which has been out for the P uh, the PS4, Xbox One, and PC since May, finally got a definite release date for the Switch. Then uh, November fourteenth for the US and November seventeenth for Europe. All right, from my birthday. Yeah, there you go. I'm. I don't. It didn't receive that good of a score. Um, I think it was like 6 out of 10, but I can't wait. 
I've been waiting to get it just so I can get it on my Switch so I have more games on my Switch. Same. And, like, it's... To be like a Shadow of the Colossus or, or Ico, Eco, however the heck you say it. Um, <laughs> I, I played the game. I really don't know how to say it. I think I'm just going to call it Ico. Um, American of you. Sponsored by Apple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, it's one of those very gorgeous games. Like, just breathtaking when you look at some of these screenshots of it. And I cannot wait to get my hands on this game. I thought I would want it, but then I don't know. I just kind of just kind of felt meh for me, like. Yeah, no, I mean I understand. You know, I kind of see. I was like that to begin with, and then I started looking into it a little bit more, and it kind of changed my tone. Mm. But you know, you can always get it when it's yeah. It's going to be thirty dollars digital and $40 physical, but I think the physical edition is uh, is like a limited edition, and it comes with a digital soundtrack download. Hmm. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't really say much, because I never really watched it whenever it was in development and everything like that. It's just, it never really piqued my interest. So, like I said, I, I can't say much, so I'm going to leave it with you, what, what y'all had to say. So I like like I've never even played Shadow of the Colossus. So I have okay, no well, what style it is. What are you doing with your life? <laughs> Do you have a PlayStation Four? I can't remember. Negative. Well, okay. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna give you a PlayStation Three. Negative. PlayStation Two. Negative. Okay, I'm done with you. Download <laughs> an emulator if you must. As much as I hate that. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, but uh, 2018, the re-remaster of Shadow of the Colossus is coming out, which I believe I mentioned last time. Um, hyped for that, you need to go and buy a PlayStation 4 just to play this game. Because it's All well right. worth it. This Shadow of the Colossus is by far the top game. And, well, I can't say it's the top because .hack and GU are my top, but... Shadow of the Colossus is one of the games that I have to own. You know, it's it's. I have a mental issue that if I don't own it, then I'm gonna die. That doesn't sound like a <laughs> mental issue. No, it, yeah. it's 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 mental. Like okay. I will go into withdrawals. No, but it's it's a fantastic game. I mean, I haven't finished it. I've played it, but I haven't. Why am it. I even here? It wasn't, it wasn't mine, <laughs> but at least I played it. Yes, um, yeah, there you go. I'll give you that. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I like the gameplay. The soundtrack is really, really, really good. Um, my friend also um, let me play a bit of... Um, what's it called? The... The with the bird dog goat thing. Oh, the last guardian. That one. Thank you. Um, all I can remember was like the Japanese something about like a a mani or toriko or something like that. I guess it's Shiko in English is what it's called. Yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and like I just kind of like games like that where it's not holding your hand it's not forcing story into your face you just kind of explore and things kind of unravel bit by bit it's more of a experiencing the story rather than being told yeah i mean so shadow like of the colossus to... had a whopping like 120 words or something ridiculously small like that and that was just text because they didn't speak english yeah. And you went through with absolutely no hand-holding when it came to story. You just saw visuals. And if that is not a movie, you know, like that is just playing through with that music, you know, with the atmosphere, the bare minimal 
like environment. I mean, it was just amazing. It's an experience. It's not so much a game as an experience, in my opinion. So it, it, the closest game I can liken that to is Abzu. Is it sort of like that? Do y'all remember that game? Is that the underwater one? Yes. Um, kind of. Because that's the one where you literally you did that. You explored around. You looked at the different fish and found stuff here and there. There's a little bit of puzzle solving every now and again. But still, it was the story unfolding around you. Because you'd go through and you'd have your light. And then you'd see these gigantic mosaics inside these ruins. Describing the, the history of the world and all that jazz. And it, it really was. It, it wasn't a game so much as an experience. Yeah. That's why I really, you know, a lot of people don't agree with Shadow of the Colossus being, you know, such a highly rated game. But it really was just one of those that stuck with me and just, you know what I mean? It was just like the feels to the extreme because of the emotions that they just can portray with just music and the world. Mm. But... So, this game has been out. It's getting its Switch port sometime in November. And by sometime, I mean the 14th and 17th. How do you feel about Nintendo Switch ports in general and the company's reluctance and, not reluctance, or um, proactiveness with trying to support the Switch? In general, because I've read that Capcom has been waiting on how well Monster Hunter Double X sells in Japan before they sort of make anything else for the Switch. So they're just kind of feeling it out. And because Rhyme has taken this long to get to the Switch, I just kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts in general of Switch ports and or support. I think I'm not actually sure why it took Rhyme so long to get ported. Um, or, you know, Skyrim's another example. What's taken so long? But yeah, forgot about Skyrim. I mean, for Capcom, Monster Hunter is not, it has never been a large title in the US or even Europe like it has been in Japan. So basing anything on that is kind of flawed in a way. Well, no, like this is Monster Hunter Double X. Like this isn't out in the U.S. This is a Japan-only game. I'm sure you could buy it in the U.S. because... I don't think the Switch is region-locked, is it? No, it's not. So you could, if you can make a Japanese account, you could get it. But Monster Hunter Double X isn't out in the States. Um don't think it ever really is going to come out here but capcom is just kind of looking at the sales of double x to see how much they want to kind of go in on the switch from what i'm reading i don't know why they wouldn't already be developing for the switch because it's like the top selling yeah. console um especially in a short amount of time but that's just me if Capcom doesn't want to, then that's kind of their loss, I believe, because there's going to be a ton of games coming out for the Switch, especially in 2018. Um, I think to begin with, a lot of companies didn't want to develop for the Switch because they didn't know how it was going to go. Yeah, because that was that was, that was like, yeah. Go ahead. It, Kate. It's it's just the fact that how the Wii U had an extremely slow startup. Like exactly. towards the end of its, it was towards the end of its lifetime that it started getting its resurgence. And people were like, "Hey, this is actually a pretty decent console." So I think that's really what they were worried about. And but like you said, obviously with how well that it's doing, that if they're not already developing for it, they're behind. So yeah, there are ton, tons of games I, already. I'm sort of communicated. They know that it's doing well. Um, but like I guess they're trying to see how much they're going to support it, um, rather than if they're going to support it at all. If I said that before, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. I I must have 
not thinking, but they know it's doing well. Um, and that, I mean, they want it to do well because Monster Hunter on the Switch, I think, could be a really like that's the whole reason they kept it on the the 3ds because they wanted the online functionality so you can play with your friends but if you can take that and make it a home console as well and take it with you like that's perfect for monster hunter and hunting together with your friends so i think they would want it to succeed they would want it to succeed they see that it is succeeding but they just kind of want to know how how well it's going to do, which is why they're kind of evaluating how Double X is going to do. No, I got gotcha. you. No, you know, only time will tell. Because I really believe, though, that they should develop because they will make money on it. Especially if they made, you know, I don't know, some new Mega Man games. <laughs> but, you know... I'm just waiting for another battle network or something. Cough, cough. But you know how long it's been since I played a fucking Mega Man game. Oh man, I see. I loved the the battle network games on like the um Game Boy the Game Boy Advance, and they had some for the DS. Um, and then they had some for the 3DS. But those were Star Force, but same same concept. Yeah. If they if they had something like that on the Switch, that would be that would be something I would pre-order yesterday. Yeah. And I don't pre-order games. <laughs> but yeah, anywho. Well, just doing a little recap of everything. We had a little bit of talk of Final Fantasy and its dolk, as well as some games that had even longer development periods being a little floppy. Destiny 2 and all of its big news with how they're going to be approaching anti-cheating as well as how important DLC will be in it as well as some games to be looking forward to. Uh, as always, it has been great doing this with you gentlemen. Uh, thank you uh, thank you very much again, Ark, for being here. Be sure to check him out, twitch.tv forward slash Arkanath. And be sure to follow us on all of our normal medias being blank mind gaming unleashed. soundcloud yeah gaming unleashed soundcloud itunes google play everything is gaming unleashed except for our twitch which is g unleashed be sure to check us out there for whenever we do our live episodes and just be sure to tune in for the next one as always i have been caden with me brandon and our special guest arc thank y'all very much for tuning in be sure to stay here for the after party see y'all in the next one Bye bye yeah. Adios. And that's good enough. That's a good enough time split for him to do I was something say. if he wants it. <laughs> yeah. All right. But that actually wasn't too bad of a thing. I'll try and keep that. Let's just keep the after party short. That way we can move on with our lives because I know you're tired, Ark, and I think you got stuff to do, Junk. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. I already told the person it's it's not getting done. <laughs> um, I, I tried I tried for a while today. So, um, you know, I didn't talk about Fortnite, but that was that was just disappointing. <laughs> I um I don't know. I guess since I wasn't following it that close in development, I kind of you know um, what's the word I'm looking for imagined that they were going a different direction than they actually were apparently i felt like it was more of a persistent world whereas you build you craft you create buildings and defenses and all that and you survive waves yeah where that is true you it's it's in missions you basically get teleported to a place and you have to build it up and defend it in waves that's weird the way i understood it was more you could pick a spot and defend from there for the entirety of the game yeah the see i thought that too but we we played for quite a few hours and like you get your mission so we're all playing we all have to do the same missions by the way so we have to do it on mine and then we have to do it on yours then we have to do it on arcs um 
And, you know, if you're defending this one area, you have to go and find something. So they teleport you to a city and you just go around and you destroy things. You destroy cars and chests and houses and you get items and resources. You can also chop down trees and all that. You can change your whatever they're called, um, like operator more or less. And then you go and you basically start the game. And you build up a base really quick. You enable the the core, you know, the shield or whatever. And then waves of zombies come for however long it is, like 10 minutes or something. Yeah. And you just constantly shoot them. You can craft weapons and, and ammo and things like that. But then when you're done, you get teleported back to a main menu where you beat up pinata llamas. Pinata and llamas? get. Yeah, they're they're llamas, and you get items out of them, and you're basically at a screen like a MOBA screen, you know, where where you select every you, you select your loadout, and then you ready up and wait for everybody else in your party to ready up, and then you go to another mission. Well, that is sort of disappointing because, like I said, I was expecting something more open, and you could just keep building and building and building and then eventually the world would start sending heavier and heavier waves depending on how strong your base was yep i thought so too <laughs> but i'll be playing the game because basically i got a founder's pack for free yeah so i'll be playing it again because i mean it's not bad it's just not what I was expecting going into it. I gotcha. Well, I think they'll just do it for the after party, seeing as how we don't have people just sticking around, sticking around and listening. Yeah, so, exactly. Well, much appreciated to everybody tuning in. It's uh, always a joy making these. So we <laughs> will so be confusing. seeing. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, I love this. Uh, oh bother. <laughs> I love these things. <laughs> Eeyore over there. Pretty much. But, yeah. I mean, I guess we'll just be seeing y'all in the next one. Hopefully, Kate has his shit together by then. So <laughs> You can edit that out, Toby, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. See ya.